The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Good? All right, if you got your Bible, open it up to James chapter 1, and then we're going to, a little bit later, we're going to be in James chapter 5, so you can kind of camp out in James. I want to encourage you to take notes this morning, because note takers are history makers, that's right, and uh, a great way to take notes is through the New Song app. In fact, all of my notes are in, well, not all of them, but a lot of my notes are in the New Song app, and you can follow along and kind of fill in the blank through the New Song app. It's a great way for you to follow along with the message. We're in a series right now called A Better Way, right? And we're talking about a better way to live, a better way to function in this world, a better way that the world needs us to to live by, right? And that's by the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is fruit that the Spirit of God wants to source in your life so that you can bear it and share it with the world. It's not fruit that you just muster up in your own strength. It's fruit that the Spirit of God produces, but we cultivate it. We have to create an atmosphere uh, that is uh, healthy, that allows this fruit to be on display. So Galatians chapter 5 is where we've been. Let's read this together. As soon as it comes up, there it is. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is, say these with me, church, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we've talked about what fruit is. We've talked about what the fruit of love is. Uh, Pastor Jackson did an incredible job a couple weeks ago talking about the fruit of joy. Last week, if you if you heard the, the message online, we talked about the fruit of peace. If you missed that message, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. Got a lot of really great feedback from people in the church about that, that message really ministering to them. Today, we're going to talk about a very fitting subject for the time we have found ourselves in lately, and that really the world that we've been living, living in lately, and that is the fruit of patience. Somebody say patience. And we're going to talk about what it means to be actively patient, actively patient. How fitting is this, church? We're talking about patience, right? But it was funny. Uh, you know, I talked about, if you, if you listen to the online message last week, I talked about the week that I was preparing the message for peace. I had this stuff that came up in my life that kind of tested my peace. And so this week, going into this message on patience, I was like, God, I'm good. Don't need an illustration. You don't need to give me anything. I'm good. I'll just, I'll just trust your word with this one, right? And then, and then what happens? We get snowmageddon. And we've all been dealing with, I'm sure a lot of you like me have been dealing with a lot of things. We got our house, we lost power for a while. Uh, we had a few pipes that froze up upstairs in my girl's room for a little while. Uh, I got a flat tire in negative two degrees. That was fun. Uh, one night, one of my, uh, the fire detectors, smoke detectors, the battery started dying. And if you know, you know, right? Like it's, it's the greatest thing in the world because you're running around your house trying to figure out. Like I started down by our bedroom and you, ha- and you, you know, it chirps at you. And then you got to go like stand by one and see if that's it. And, th- and it always happens at night. They're programmed to do this at night. Never had this happen during the day. It's always at night. I'm, there's people, there's little cameras in those smoke detectors that are watching us. And there's people somewhere that are just laughing at us, running around in our underwear going, is this it? But anyways, patience. Somebody say patience. patience. 
Now, I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me because I know there's a lot of people that have had it a lot harder than me. Lately, I've got friends that live in Texas and Dallas area and, uh, you know, they don't have groceries. They don't have, some of them were without power for days. I mean, it's, it's a real, real problem. I'd encourage you to be, to be praying for those people. But I know some of you this week, you were dealing with your pipes were freezing. You got stuck in your neighborhoods. You got stuck on the side of the road. Like we've all been dealing with patients beyond just the snowmageddon stuff we've been dealing with lately. We've all been dealing with Corona for almost a year now and all this stuff related to the coronavirus and COVID-19. And, but then even beyond that, I, I, I'm sure a lot of you in here are dealing with other things, other seasons where you're finding yourself working to be patient, to practice patience. Maybe you're in here today and, and you're patiently waiting for the schools to open back up. You're a, you're a mom or a dad and you didn't sign up to be a homeschool teacher, but yet here you are having to do it. I know that my kids' school goes to four days a week starting tomorrow. Deer Creek families, can I get an amen? amen. We're excited about that. Amen to that. Uh, some of you have been maybe waiting patiently for a job opportunity to open up. Maybe you're waiting patiently for a spouse, someone to call your own, someone to be married to. Maybe you're, you're waiting patiently for the spouse that you have to put in some effort and fight for your marriage. Uh, maybe you're, you're waiting patiently for something related to your health. Maybe your health, maybe someone else that you're, you're waiting patiently and praying and believing God for health and healing to take place in their life. Maybe you're, you're waiting patiently for a positive pregnancy test. Maybe you're today, you're waiting patiently for a, a child that's away from God to come, to come home. Maybe you're waiting patiently today for a, a direction on your life. You know, what's the next step? Where do I go to school? What should I major in? I, I bet if I went around the room and was talking to you, I probably couldn't find anyone in here that isn't patiently waiting on something. And yet, so, so we all see like waiting and patience is, is, is valuable. And I think we all understand that like that's a character trait, you know, to have. Like being a patient person is a good character trait. Like none of us, you know, you find somebody and you think they may be the one. You're not coming to your friends and being like, oh, he's, he's so dreamy. He's six foot two. He's in really good shape. He's got his own business. And he's so impatient. <laughs> like no, like we know, like we've got to, being impatient is not a good value, a good character trait to have. And yet it's interesting because we live in a world where we're working very diligently and very hard to eliminate all experiences in our life where we have to exercise patience. Like we're working really hard and we see that as a noble thing. Like we don't like waiting. So hey, let's eliminate everything that has to do with me walking in patience. And so what it's created is a is a world full of a lot of people who don't really know how to walk in patience. And what we end up doing is a lot of people, when, when, it, when we find ourselves in situations where we have to wait, where we have to be patient, we, we've learned rather than do that, let's just, let's just move on to the next thing. I read this week uh, this statistic that said that 53% of mobile website visitors will leave if a website doesn't load within the first three seconds. Three seconds! I was thinking about that this week and I was like, man, it just took me back to the early days of the internet. You guys remember the early days of the internet? To help me refresh you, some of you this morning, I want them to play a little sound for you this morning. Go ahead, guys, play that for us loud and proud. (laughs) 
How many of you remember that sound? How many of you are going, what was that? <laughs> Young people in the room. Well, let me just tell you what that is. Let me explain how in the mid-90s to late-90s, how we had to do stuff, okay? Let me put that picture up here, guys. This is something, you probably noticed this. <laughs> Maybe you've seen one of these in your house before. This is called a phone jack. And back in the day, before we had these little computers that we carried around with us all the time, in order to talk to other people on the phone, you had to have one of these, and you had to have a phone, those things you see on, on, in the movies sometimes, those movies, where they pick it up, it's got a cord, we had that connected to that. And then later on, we were like, oh, here's this new thing, the World Wide Web, and we're going to connect that through this too. And so that sound that you heard was the sound of a computer logging onto the internet. So what you would do is you would have this huge beige computer in your home <laughs> in some corner of the house on some weird looking computer table and it was plugged in to, to one of those things. And, and so you get on the internet and when you got on it made that crazy sound and then you were browsing the web. And let me just tell you, in fact, I read this week, the speed of internet today on your phone is 2,000 times per second faster than early internet days. <laughs> so, so listen, early internet days, 56K, we weren't doing anything in three seconds. Three seconds, like the, you remember when pictures would like load and like, they you know, pixelate and come into view? That was the internet. But now, man, different world, isn't it? Totally different world. We have, like, we can just stream anything. I remember being a, being a teenager and wanting to listen to a song, but I didn't want to go, you know, you had to either go to buy a CD, a whole CD, or, or maybe the single would come out, but not always. So, like, you know, I remember sitting by my radio just waiting. <laughs> Got my fingers on record and play. I'm listening to the radio trying to anticipate so I get the whole thing. Snoop Dogg and Rage Against the Machine bounce to this. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Give it to me. <laughs> Waiting for hours so I could roll around in my Acura Integra listening to it. Anybody relate to that? Now we stream. We can stream anything we want. All these songs are just there all the time. It's great. I remember when like, remember when you had to watch TV, like you wanted to watch a show how you did it, you had to be home when the show came on. Like if I wanted to watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Step by Step. You guys remember that sitcom Dinosaurs? You remember that show? Man, TV. But in order to watch this stuff, you had to be home. And if you weren't home, you just, you, if, you weren't, if you weren't home, there was one other option. You could program a VCR. But you had to have, like, you had to be able to split the atom to do it. <laughs> but if you, were, if you didn't know how to do that and you weren't home, you just missed it. Yeah. And it's just gone. But now, like, we can stream any movie, any show. Netflix will drop a new show and they don't just drop an episode. They drop the whole series. So you can binge watch it. Not back in the day. No, 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 no. It's a different world, isn't it? I read this thing this week about this new thing that, that young people are saying, TLDR, TLDR. It means too long, didn't read. And this is, <laughs> yeah, this is a statement that young people of our culture are starting to write to these posts. So just so you know, those posts that you write that say long post rant, they're going TLDR, boom. <laughs> Sorry, boss, that email was TLDR. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. 
slack it to me. You guys know slack? Okay, anyway. <laughs> TLDR. We don't want your novel. It's Instagram. Insta. Keep it simple. Keep it short, right? But here's my point. Like, I, in a lot of ways, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying all this stuff is bad. Like, I don't think it's bad if you go to a restaurant and there's a long line. Like, I'm not telling you you have to just wait it out. Like, you go to another restaurant because there's a long line. Or if you're trying to watch a YouTube video and it's not streaming quickly to move on to something else. But the problem is, I think that this mentality of this isn't fast enough, let's move on, is, is moving into other areas of our life. And so what happens is we have a friendship and we're relating to somebody else and there's some kind of confrontation or conflict and so now we've got beef with this person and rather than try to work through that we just are like I'll just move on I'll just throw the friendship away or you know I'm praying for something I've been believing God for something but it's not happening as quickly as I want it to happen and so you know maybe maybe God doesn't really care maybe God doesn't even exist or we're, we're married and you know, we've got some kind of conflict with our spouse and they're not fixing it as quickly as we want them to. So rather than, than, than fight for our marriage and keep pursuing them and pursuing God's highest and best, we just kind of say, you know what, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just opt for divorce and, 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 and move away from this marriage and, and move on to, to the next thing. But, but here's the problem when we start to move this, this, this checkout kind of attitude into other areas of our life is this, if you're taking notes, jot this down. When we check out, we miss out. When we check out, we miss out. If, if you have an attitude that just says, if things are not going at my speed, I'm just going to move along. I'm just going to move away. I'm just going to check out. Listen, you're, you're not going to be able to walk in the fullness of the life that God's called you to. We're called to walk by faith. Faith means we're going to have to be patient. Faith means we're not always going to understand everything. We're going to have to walk through some things. And so I want to talk to you about what that looks like today. How to to live in this world where we're trying to eliminate patience, but how to walk with the fruit of patience in our life and what it looks like to be actively patient. So look at this with me. James chapter one, verse two, James says this. He's talking to a group of people that are being persecuted. And he says, my, my brethren, count it all joy when you, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, once you guys say this next word with me, patience. He goes on to say in verse 4, let patience have its perfect work. There's a perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, so I, I want to I give you two revelations God showed me this week related to patience. And then I want to give you two practices, two things that you can do that I believe will help you cultivate this fruit that God wants to produce in your life. So here's the first thing you need to understand about patience is that patience isn't passive. Patience isn't passive. The, the word that James uses here, when he uses this word patience, is actually a word that means this. It means to remain under or to stay in. Notice it's not a passive word. It's actually an active word. It's an action. I am going to stay 
put. I'm going to stay in. I'm going to remain here. I'm not going to move on. I'm not going to move, move away. I'm not going to check out. I'm staying in. I'm staying connected. Some of you may know this verse uh, from another translation. The, the New International Version says it like this. Verse uh, 2 of James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, here it is, perseverance. It says, verse 4, let perseverance, that's patience, perseverance, finish its work so you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So often I think when we think of patience or we think of this idea of waiting on the Lord, we think that that means God's going, hey, sit down, shut up, and wait on me. And so we, we take that approach. Okay, God, I, I guess I'll just kind of anxiously wait over here for, for you to do something and just, you know, whenever you're ready, you, you just do something and I'll just be here waiting. But that's, that's not really what, what James is telling us. What James shows us is that patience is not just sitting back, twiddling on our thumbs, waiting for God to do something, that there's a perseverance to our patience. There's an active stance where we have carefully thought this through and we are choosing to say, I am staying in, I am staying active, I'm staying engaged, I'm not moving away, I'm pushing in, I'm moving towards you, I'm moving towards who God's called me to be and I'm going to walk in patience, actively pursuing the kingdom of God at work in my life as it will be in heaven someday. Patience isn't passive. So, so here's what that looks like kind of in a, in a practical sense. Uh, if I'm patiently waiting my dream job, that means that I'm actively engaged with the job God's given me. That I'm not just waiting for someday that door's going to open up and you know, I'll just kind of coast until then. No, no, no. I'm going to work in this job as unto the Lord. I'm going to treat the boss that I have right now. Even though this isn't my dream job, I'm going to treat that boss that God's placed in my life, whether they're fair, whether they're right or not, I'm going to treat them like they're the Lord. And I'm going to be faithful to the assignment God has called me to right now. And as I'm faithful to this assignment, I know that promotion will come from the Lord and someday I'll step into what he has for me. I may be patiently waiting for my spouse to engage in our marriage and to fight for this marriage, but I'm not just going to wait for them to fight for it. I'm going to start to examine my life and who I am by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. And if there's things I need to change, I'm going to change them. And I'm going to pursue being faithful to the vows that I committed and spoke before God and man. And I'm going to chase after this other person and serve them, whether I feel like they deserve it or not. I'm going to do this unto the Lord. And I believe that as I pursue God, He's going to do a work not only in me, but in them seeing the work He's doing in me that's going to help our marriage to grow. Hey, can I get an amen? I'm not just, I'm just waiting to get pregnant. I'm not just going to sit by, you know, and do the one thing that will help me get pregnant. That's it. <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my, my, my house in order, get my finances in order. That room over there, that's eventually going to be our nursery. Let's start turning it into a nursery. Let's get all the junk out of it. Let's get it painted. And I'm not just waiting for God to, to drop a bundle of joy into my life. I'm going to stir up the bundle of joy he's already put inside of me called the presence of God. And I'm going to actively praise God and worship God in the middle right now of not, maybe not seeing what I want. I'm going to trust God that he's good. I'm going to stay active. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm going to keep having that conversation with my teenager that I've had a thousand times. I'm going to keep having it. I'm going to keep loving that person that can be so unlovable. I'm going to keep being transparent with 
that person in my life that I know God's called to walk beside me and let them know about that area where I, I tend to be weak so that, that through them I can be strong. I'm going to keep praying for that person that's away from God. Even though I may not see anything in the natural that lets me know they're coming back, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to keep doing my part. I'm going to stay active. I'm going to stay present. I'm going to stay engaged because I really do believe that the song I sing is not just words, but it's true that God can turn graves into gardens, seas into highways, and that he's the only one who can, yes, but I play a part in it. And I'm not going to be what's holding God's movement back through my life. Patience isn't passive. Patience is active. We're actively waiting with the Lord, allowing him to do the work in our seasons of patience that will prepare us for the next season he has for us. Patience isn't passive. Here's the second thing you need to understand about patience. Patience produces a product. Patience produces a product. And there's two kind of products that are produced. There's a product for the world and there's a product for us. Okay, so let's talk about the product for the world. The fruit of the spirit of patience that God wants to produce in our life, here's the product that God wants to produce through our life, through patience for the world. Here it is, ready? Patience. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because we, how I many you know, we live in a very impatient world, don't we? Yeah. And people need to see the patience of God on display. How many you know God is a patient God? And God needs Christians, he needs believers, he needs people like us to be patient people so that people can see what patience really looks like. And I want you to know, you're, if you're married, your spouse needs to be, needs to see you bearing and sharing the fruit of patience in your life. If you have kids, your kids need you to be bearing and sharing the fruit of patience with them. Young people, I see students in the room this morning, your, the, your teachers, they're, just so you know, they're humans, your teachers, your coaches, the other students in your class, people around you, they need you to bear and share the fruit of patience with them. New Song Church, the church, we, we're the church. I think sometimes we forget that the world is lost and broken and confused and they don't have the answers. They've been lied to and, and they they are used to, the norm is impatience, isn't it? And so the world needs us to bear this fruit because this fruit is an image of God. Because the Bible tells us that, for 2 Peter 3, 9 says that, that God is patient towards us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to life. The Bible tells us that God is love, right? And then what does God tell us about love later on? He says that love is, what's the first thing? Love is patient. So if God is love and love is patient, then God is patient. So if you're a Christian, you're a person that's supposed to display the image of Christ Jesus in this world, we're, we're called to be patient people. We need people to be able to look at our life and see the image of the patience of God through our life. Does that mean we're going to be perfect in it? No. But does that mean we're striving to try to be? Absolutely. We are fighting for this because it, it's a patience that the world needs to see. This fruit needs to be displayed through our life to the world. Now, there is a second product because what, what James kind of shows us here is that patience is a pathway. And it's a pathway that leads to this other product that we see in verse 4. He says, but let patience or let perseverance, James 1, 4, have its perfect work. There's a perfect work it wants to do. That you may be perfect and 
complete, lacking nothing. So God, through patience, wants to do a work in you that helps you to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, let me explain what that means. That word perfect there doesn't mean that you are a perfect human being. Because how many of you know, you can't be. None of us are perfect. Turn to the person beside you and tell them, you ain't perfect. <laughs> None of us are perfect. Okay, calm down. You guys are getting a little excited about that. I've been waiting for this moment for weeks. <laughs> but we're not perfect. But here's what perfect means. Perfect means you look like the perfect one. Who's the perfect one? Jesus. You know, Jesus was perfect. And you know what? Jesus wasn't just, it wasn't just his perfection. wasn't just that he didn't sin. His perfection was that he, he walked in the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He walked in that perfectly. He personified the fruit of the spirit. And what God wants to do is through patience, he wants it to do a work in you that allows you to be the image of Christ Jesus in this world, that the world would look at you and they'd see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because some people, they'll never, they'll never meet Jesus. They're not chasing after him. So how they meet Jesus is they, they meet you and they see Jesus in you. That's what the world needs. So, so God wants to do this perfect work in you that helps you to, to, to personify this perfection where you look like the image of God. The second word is, is complete. That word complete means made whole. Made whole. That means that nothing is missing, nothing's broken, nothing is lost. It means you're whole. Think about this. You're whole in your life. You're whole in your relationships. You're whole in your, in your words. You're whole in your health. It means that. It means whole in your physical body. It means whole in your purpose. That there's a wholeness to your life. That means that nothing's missing, nothing's, missing, nothing's lost, nothing's broken. That's pretty good news. God, through patience, wants to work that into your life where there's this power of God on display. Listen, that's the power of God on display. For you to be living that kind of life, God is working in your life. And then it says, lacking nothing. When it talks about lacking nothing there, that means you're blessed by God in such a way that not only are your needs met, but you're able to meet the needs of other people. And God blesses you in such a way that you're, it's not just that you're blessed, so you're blessed, but that through you, you become a blessing to the world. Because think about this. We're talking about patience, right? Patience is walking by faith. To walk in patience, you gotta walk by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight, Right? And to walk by faith means that you have to be willing to say, okay, I'm not just going to trust everything going around me to be what's really happening around me. I'm trusting that God is at work in my life and he's moving and I believe that he has good things ahead of me. I believe in God and his work in my life. Patience says, I believe in God. I believe no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what this season may feel like right now, even though I may not see the things I want to see happening, I believe that God is still moving. And I'm going to continue to stay in actively patient, believing that he's moving and working in my life. Patience produces a product, a product for the world, a product where we're able to display the image of Christ Jesus in the world, a product that allows us to have a wholeness in our life where we don't feel fragmented, and a product that allows the blessing of God to be manifested in us and through us in our life. And in a world where everything and everybody seems to be in a hurry where everything's instant and if things aren't instant, 
people move on. In a world that's, that's rushing to get everything done, when we are willing to be people that say, we're going to slow down and we're going we're gonna to listen and we're going to wait on the Lord. Listen, when you slow down, you stand out. And you allow this perfect work of God to be on display in your life. So let me talk about how we practically work the fruit of patience into our life. Flip over to James chapter 5. How do, we wor- how do we walk in this fruit of the spirit of patience? How do we cultivate a life in such a way that we can bear this fruit so God can produce it in our life? Look at this, James chapter 5, verse 7. James says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, talking to Christians, until the Lord's coming. Now, the coming of the Lord here is speaking to the return of Jesus Christ someday, yes, but it's also speaking to the coming of the Lord into your circumstance. It's talking about God showing up in the middle of your circumstance to deliver you through your circumstance or to deliver you out of your circumstance. So he's saying, be patient as you wait for God to show up in the middle of whatever it is you're dealing with. He says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Notice it's a valuable crop. There's something of value. Patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains, something that's out of the farmer's control at this time. Verse 8, you too be patient. Now look at this, strengthen your heart. Say that with me. Strengthen your heart, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing uh, at the door. So James gives us some insight into some ways to cultivate uh, an atmosphere that, that makes it easier for the Spirit of God to yield this fruit of patience in our life. He says you need to cultivate patience by strengthening your heart. So how do we strengthen our heart? Well, there's a lot of ways you can strengthen your heart in God. You strengthen your heart by reading the Word of God, by understanding the Word of God, getting into it, studying it. You you strengthen your heart through prayer. You strengthen your heart by praying in the Spirit. You strengthen your heart through worship and through praise. But I want to give you two other specific ways that you can strengthen your heart. The first one is this. You strengthen your heart when you connect to the church. You strengthen your heart when you get connected in what the Bible calls the body of Christ. You find your place and you get connected with other believers in the body of Christ. The church is a vehicle through which God manifests strength to the heart of believers. That's one of the things God does through the church. And we see this over and over again in the New Testament. I I think of verses like in Romans 1 where uh, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts and he's talking about how these spiritual gifts will strengthen the heart of a believer. Well, here's how spiritual gifts work. They work through people. God equips us and and strengthens us with spiritual gifts and then we use those spiritual gifts to minister to the heart of other people in the church and strengthen other people's hearts. So get this church, there are certain people that God's called to walk beside you in the church that God has designed to walk beside you to help know you and minister through the spiritual gifts strength to your heart. And some of you will never reach your full potential, your, your full strength, unless you're willing to come beside that and walk beside that and receive from that. Right. Spiritual gifts. You get connected through the church. Uh, Paul goes on to talk about in 1 Thessalonians how he's sending Timothy as a, with a pastoral gift to this group of, of believers to, to minister strength to their hearts. Later on in that same chapter, he talks about how Paul himself is praying over these believers so that he can minister strength to their heart through prayer. So, so get this. It's through the church, through relationships that we're able to receive gifts, 
that can minister strength through our heart. It's through pastoral gifts that we're able to receive strength for our heart. And it's through the prayers of other believers that we're able to, to receive strength for our heart. So, so understand, that's why we talk about stuff like Equip Night. That's why we make that available for you. Because it's through Equip Night that you're able to come up here to the church and receive from different spiritual gifts that God has placed in this body to minister to you wisdom and direction and strength to your heart. That's why we talk to you about, hey, you need to be in church. Don't miss church. Come to church. Keep coming back to church. You need to be in the house. You need to be planted in the house. Why? Because there's, there's pastoral gifts in the church. You know, Pastor Kent and Pastor Joy in our children's ministry, your kids, we, we, when we bring them in and we set them in, we pray over them. We pray for the anointing of God over our children's leaders. Why? Because we believe that they're anointed and appointed to minister to the heart of your children in this season, in this day and age. And it's important for your kids to sit under that teaching. You know, every week, I, I, God's given me as a spiritual gift, a pastoral gift to this church. And every week, I go to the Lord and I say, God, what do you want to say to your people? And I pray. And God gives me a word to bring to you that's designed to help strengthen your heart. And that's why some of you walk away from these services sometimes going, man, it felt like he was just talking to me. Because he was. God was through me. You need that gift. You need to sit under that. And there's something about being in the house, right? Being here. Uh, that's why we talk about stuff like getting on a serve team or getting in, in a small group because there needs to be people in your life that know you and that know what's going on with you so they can be praying for you because it's through those prayers that you're able to receive some of the strength that God has for your heart. Can I get an amen? amen. For some of you, maybe you're, you're, you find yourself struggling in patience. Maybe you need to get more connected in the church. You say, well, Pastor Josh, you know, I don't really want to do that because I don't really like all these people. <laughs> That's the point. Like I'm, I'm guessing that if you're struggling in patience, it's probably related to people, right? Or maybe it's your dog. I got a dog right now I'm struggling with. Just being real. Probably going to have to put him down soon. We probably need to edit that out of the podcast. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but you need to connect to, to people. And, and when you connect with other people, it forces you to have to walk in patience. And, and understand this too. It's not just the patience you need. It's the patience that the, some other people need from you. Some of you need to get connected because there's people God's called you to bring strength to. That your patience, your walking alongside them is going to minister life and healing to them. It's not just about you. We're a body. And every part serves other parts. Amen? Amen? The second thing is this. Look at what James says in James 5 verse 9. He says, don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters. <laughs> other translations say, don't complain or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. So here's the second thing. Don't complain. The Bible is really clear on this one, guys. Do everything. Everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. Do everything without arguing or complaining. If you've got kids, man, you need to know that verse. That verse comes up on the, on the regular at the Blunt House. 
But it's true, do everything without arguing or complaining. The Bible talks about how we're going to give an account for our words someday, every idle word. That means every non-productive word. That someday God is writing all those words down and we have to give an account for them. <laughs> Unproductive words. I was reading in 1 Corinthians 10, this is interesting. Paul is writing to a group of believers and he's talking to them about some mistakes of, of the Hebrew people of the past, the Jewish people. And he's talking about avoiding some of these mistakes that they've made because these mistakes can lead to us setting our heart towards some stuff that can hurt us and lead to a fall. He says this, 1 Corinthians 10, 6, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things that they did. So what he's saying is these things, if we practice these things regularly, it's going to set our hearts in a certain direction. Now here we go. Verse 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were. In other words, don't have gods above God. That could be a lot of things. It could be a relationship. It could be money. It could be uh, any number of things. But it's, it's when we say this has a higher place of authority in my life than God. That's idolatry. It says in verse 8, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. Sexual immorality means anything that is outside of God's ordained design for sex, which is a husband and wife in the marriage bed. That's what the Word of God tells us. Verse 9, we should not test Christ as some of them did. Test means that we see how far we can go disobeying God and get away with it. We see how far we can get to the edge before we fall off. God says you should not have that kind of attitude, that kind of heart with God. That's going to lead to a fall. And then here's the last thing. And do not grumble. Don't complain as some of them did. Verse 12, be careful that you don't fall. And I think it's interesting because besides some of these sins that we kind of as Christians, if we've been in church for a while, we kind of go, yeah, that's, you know, those are obvious. Those are big ones. We wouldn't really do those, or at least if we did, we wouldn't really talk about them and brag about them. He places something that Christians do out in the open all the time. We complain. We grumble. We murmur. Oh, Pastor Josh, it's not that big a deal. I'm just kind of getting some stuff off my chest. I'm just telling it like it is. I'm just being real. It's not that big a deal. Well, not according to God. <laughs> Remember, he's, you're going to give an account. Remember that? Like he's writing that stuff down. And someday he's going to go, hey, what was this? You say, well, Pastor Josh, you, you've told us before that we need to talk about this stuff. You know, if we got problems and sins that we need to, we need to share it with people. I, I, and yes, to a degree, what I've told you is you need to share it with some people. Certain specific people. Not just somebody, not just anybody. And the point is not, hey, let me gripe at you. Let me gripe about the stuff I don't like. The point is that we share this stuff with people so we get better. So that God can be glorified through our relationship in our life. You know, Paul, Paul in the Bible, go, go read Paul. Paul will tell it like it is. Yep. Paul would get real. But what you see, what you'll notice in Paul is as he's getting real with people, there's always, he's always pointing people to God and he's pointing people to engage with him in prayer. Let, let me give you an example of this. Look at this. This is uh, 2 Corinthians 1. 
8 through 11. Look at what Paul says. For we don't, do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we have experienced in Asia. In other words, hey, I want to inform you about some of the garbage we've been dealing with. Let me tell you how tough it has been. He says, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. You know what that means? He's saying we wished we were dead. It got so bad. That's what he's saying. He said, indeed, we felt like we had already received the sentence of death. So Paul is getting real, right? We, we, we had it rough. It was hard. We wished we were dead. It felt like we already were dead. But look at where he goes from here. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again so what's he saying he's saying yes it was hard yes this was difficult but God saw us through he's continuing to see us through and we know he will continue in the future he'll continue this ahead now look at what he says next you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. So here's what he's saying. Hey, I want to inform you. This has been hard, but God's been faithful. And the reason I'm letting you know what's going on is so you can join with us in this. You may not be with us on the mission field, but what you can do is pray for us, engage with us. There's a point to this. He's glorifying God to these people, and he's inviting them and coveting their prayers. That's what this looks like. Yeah. That's what this relationship where you're talking talking to people about the stuff going on in your life, that's what it should look like. Let's glorify God. I need some help. I'm counting on you to step in with us. I'm not just informing you of this stuff just to inform so I can gripe and I can just kind of let you know how cruddy things are. That's not the point. The point is let's get better. I need God. I know he'll be faithful and I need you to step in with me. I need your prayers. I'm inviting you into this with me. You see that? Psalms 22 verse 3 says this, God is enthroned on the praise of his people. Enthroned being a king begins his rule in that place. Okay, so if God becomes the king and is enthroned on our praises, who do you think is enthroned upon our complaining and criticism? I was reading this week about complaining. It's interesting, even from like a medical aspect, what complaining is will do to you, the kind of effects it will have on, on you and on your brain. Look at this. The more you complain, the more likely you are to choose negative over positive thinking in the long run. Each time that you complain, your brain is actually physically rewiring itself, making it easier to adapt to that reaction in the future. And what happens is negativity breeds more negativity. It's a snowball. So what happens is when you start to choose to be a person who gripes and complains and looks at the world through that filter, you know what you're going to find? More stuff to gripe and complain about. And the more you gripe and complain about it, the more you rewire your brain to only see that kind of stuff. So it, it reminds me of what the Bible says, which it says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So, so listen, church, we as Christians, as people, we don't have permission to speak freely. You can't just say whatever you want to say. You can, but it's leading you down a path. So if you want, if you want death, keep complaining. And that's what you'll get. But if you want life and peace, you're going to have to change the words that you say. Okay, so I got a challenge for you. Some of you, you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and the reason you don't want to do it is probably because you're the person that needs to do it. 
But I want you to do something, okay? This week, I want you to find somebody that you know that you love. That's a Christian, preferably. Maybe someone in the church here. And I want you to ask him this question. Do I complain too much? Now, listen, before, before you ask that, you need to decide in your heart that you are not going to get defensive about their response. Here's what you're going to get defensive with. Your heart. Because Jesus said in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you tell them, am I impatient? And they say, yeah. Then you need to recognize they're not your problem. So don't start griping at them and complaining about them. Can you believe what they said? I don't know. No, no, no. Recognize you, you need to guard your heart. Yeah. Now, here's the good news. Because Jesus said, Matthew 12, that our heart and our, and our mouth are connected, we can change the condition of our heart by changing the confession of our mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, do, if you do have a problem with complaining, here's how you fix it. You start to speak God's word out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. His life-giving word. You find scriptures and the word of God. And then the same way that you've wired your brain and your heart to see negativity, you'll begin to start rewiring your brain to see positivity. Yeah to see God, to see praise, to see things to be thankful for instead of just things to gripe about and be angry about. Amen? Amen. Listen, we're living in a world that's moving quick. Instant everything. We want everything fast. We want everything yesterday. And in this world, God has called us to something better, to stand out in this world by slowing down and to be actively patient in this world. And as I was thinking about that this week, I couldn't help but think of Disney. I love going to Disney. As many of you know, Disney World, Disneyland. If you've ever gone to a Disney park, you know you're going to be waiting some. But when you wait, you're not just waiting for the sake of waiting. You're actively waiting. You're waiting with a hope in mind. You're, you're getting on in, in line for a ride. And like this time, the last time we went to Disney back in November... We went to Disney World and there was a few rides we had never been on and a few lines we'd never gone through. And so if you, if you know anything about these lines, like sometimes you're in the line and you're just not moving at all. You're just standing there waiting. Sometimes you're moving, you know, kind of about like this. And sometimes you're moving pretty quick. Sometimes the line's moving quick and you're, you're trucking ahead. But whatever the case is, whether you're still or you're moving, you're always active. You're actively listening. You're actively paying attention to the sounds of what's going on around you and listening for the sounds and the tones of the ride. And you're looking. And you're, you're looking around and you're, you have a hope as you look at all the things around you and what's happening in the middle of where you find yourself right now and what could be right around the, the next corner. You could turn this corner and there could be a whole new thing for you to engage with. You could turn this corner and it could be the ride that you've been waiting on. It could be just right around the corner. This is actively waiting. This is how we wait with the Lord. We, we wait, but we're listening. We're listening for the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're listening for his voice through his word and through his still small voice speaking to us saying, hey, I got you. I'm with you. Go here. Turn here. Go this direction. We're looking for God to move. We have hope, believing that around this corner, everything could change. Around this corner, we could turn this corner and man, we open up to something that we've been waiting for our entire life. We actively wait on the Lord. There's a product that God wants to lead you to. I believe there's a blessing God is moving us towards. But listen, church, the only way to is through. Yep. 
The only way to get to the blessing of God, to the product that patience leads us to, that perfect product, is through patience. Through being willing to walk by faith and trust God, no matter where you are, that he's got you and he's with you. So stay active, church. Stay connected. Connect in the church. Get connected if you're not. Guard your words. Guard your heart. Speak the word of God out of your mouth and let the God of patience create his perfect word, his perfect work in you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.